0: What's up, everyone? I'm Ryan Wolt. Welcome to week four of the Roast West Coast podcast. This podcast is all about coffee. And in season one, it's all about the innovators behind coffee in North County, San Diego. It's about learning a little bit more about this beverage that for so many of us is this little stabilizing force that somehow helps us set the tone for each and every day. This episode is sponsored by acclaimed roaster Steady State Roasting. At Steady State, they roast responsibly traded coffee sourced from around the world. Order small-batch roasted coffee beans on SteadyStateRoasting.com. And as a special treat, Roast West Coast listeners can use the promo code OWL10, that's capital letters O-W-L, followed by the numbers 10, OWL10, to get 10% off their purchase of coffee beans at SteadyStateRoasting.com. Their house blend, Space Traveler, is one of the best around. I even wrote it down in my notebook. It said, Space Traveler, one of the best house coffees around. You can find it on SteadyStateRoasting.com. For today's show, I'll be sharing my conversation with Siri Simran Kalsa. She's the director of coffee at Lofty Coffee, which is a very cool title. The Lofty Coffee Roasting Works facility is right near downtown Encinitas, California, and they also have cafes in Little Italy, Solana Beach, and the La Costa neighborhood of Carlsbad. One of the great things about meeting all of these North County San Diego coffee innovators is really getting a better understanding of the supply chain involved in the process of getting coffee from the plant into my cup of coffee. How different companies treat that process and establish traceability along the way differs greatly. And in Siri's case, she was really inspired by a trip she and her team took just before the pandemic lockdown. You're going to hear all about it. You're going to hear about the Lofty Coffee roasting philosophy and how they manage being an all-from-scratch-everything company. This podcast is recorded virtually right now in an effort to stay socially distant. And Siri and I had about a million tech glitches. But luckily, there was a backup recording, so I can bring you the whole conversation. But you might notice a change in the audio about midway through. Just a heads up. And now, it's time for another cup of good coffee and the show. Okay, Cool. so how about this? I'm going to just start over from the beginning. Yeah,
1: let's do it. <laughs> we uh, had such a natural progression. Dang, technology. We really did. But, I mean, I'll
0: use that as like a teaser and be like, this is what happens when you're terrible at podcasts.
1: Yeah, hey, some of it's out of our control.
0: <laughs> Hello, Siri. Hello. Welcome again, uh, and thanks for joining me on the Roast West Coast podcast to talk about Lofty Coffee. You are the director of coffee, Which is a very cool title, and I'm wondering what it is that you do. What is a director of coffee?
1: Yeah, so I'm happy you asked because it is definitely a multifaceted role here at Lofty. We're a very small team operating five cafes. So as director of coffee, I am hands-on in creating all the training material and signage that goes into a coffee menu and uh, educating our teams to uh, correctly brew our coffee. And then up on that, um, I'm also working with our junior roaster, Joey, in developing roast profiles and doing all of our sample roasting and production roasting, as well as managing our production team in um, bagging, packaging, delivering. And then one step further in the supply chain, also working with importers and producers to um, source really awesome coffee that just tastes good and has awesome stories. So that sums up my role really quickly. But, you know, again, there's a lot of time on AI and Photoshop, as well as on the cupping table. So it's kind of this (laughs) multifaceted role.
0: A lot of different moving parts and problem solving, I would imagine. Absolutely. Uh, I want to get to the to sourcing in just a minute, but before that, I wanted to kind of talk about you and how you got into coffee in the first place, and like what was the path that brought you to these great heights as a coffee director at Lofty Coffee.
1: Yeah, so um, I before moving to San Diego, I lived in New York City, um, and I was going to school there, so I was in college, and like many other baristas, I needed a job to pay my way through art school, <laughs> and yeah, I landed a job in a cafe and I've always... Which one? So my first ever coffee job was for this Korean coffee chain called Cafe Bene. But that definitely, that brought me to a little smaller second wave coffee shops. But where I really found my love for specialty coffee and learned that I wanted to pursue a career in the industry was working for a company that it was known for as the name of Toby's Estate but is now known as Partners Coffee. They've recently changed their name and gone through a rebranding. And they, between their education program and having really awesome roasters who were very friendly and inviting to the cupping table, um, showed me that there was actually career paths in the industry and that it wasn't just this customer-facing job, which I actually really do love. Today was really busy. And actually, I spent an hour on bar with some of our baristas this morning. <laughs> so that really opened my eyes to seeing the, the greater supply chain in coffee and that there's also many different um, avenues to pursue a career, whether it's in management, leadership, sales, green buying, roasting. That was a really amazing uh, opportunity I had. And I give a lot of thanks to Chris who was my barista trainer and Tyler who was one of the roasters who they both just instilled in me uh, an excitement. And from there I moved to San Diego and my grandmother found me an ad on Craigslist that said coffee professional. <laughs> and it was um it was a job for Lofty Coffee and that was 5 years ago and here I am today.
0: <laughs> you mentioned sourcing before. I know you guys took an origin trip not long before the pandemic, I believe. Where did you go and what was it like? How what was was there a difference in your approaches before and after or in, in general on origin trips at all? Mm-hmm. And how does that impact how you guys treat your your roasting sessions now?
1: Yeah. So we did take a trip to Costa Rica and Guatemala. Um, we literally got back like a week before we shut all our cafes down (laughs) so it was an interesting it was interesting transition of going and meeting our producers and tasting the coffees that we were going to buy for the next year and then to shut all our cafes down was it was just a really strange shift but to talk a little bit more about that trip so that was actually the second origin trip I've ever gone on. We tend to take one to two trips a year and I had gone on one previously. And so this was like the second trip and I put it all together, worked with our importers, our hosts, our producers to make it happen. It was actually very fun to play travel agent. Um, (laughs) And I I love traveling and have fortunately been able to travel a lot. But again, this was like my second trip. For the purpose of buying coffee and meeting our producers, so it was a little bit new for me, and I definitely took a lot away from it. Going into it, we work with um, an importer in Costa Rica called the Coffee Source, and I, I, I've been talking to a man named uh, Fernando, and he kind of helped us. He's like our our man on the floor in Costa Rica who helps us like connect with our producers. Um, and then in Guatemala, we're working with a Produce uh, import company called Primavera, and that was just such an incredible experience. Going from you know landing in Guatemala City to taking a fifteen passenger plane to Huehuetenango, and taking a many hour uh, winding dirt road trip up into the mountains to stay and meet with our producers. And what one thing I really took away from that trip was having a deeper understanding for the nuances in the processing methods that uh, different producers apply to their coffee which then really translates to these incredible differences and it was really cool to see primavera works really closely with agronomists who then also help out their farmers to produce better coffee so they they're bringing these like uh, techniques and tools to producers who may not otherwise have access to and again being able to work closely with Primavera who then connect us closer to our farmers gives us a not only does it give us a reassurance that the coffee is being produced really well it gives us a reassurance that the farmers are receiving receiving something from our end as well and that being education, uh, training, Assistance and then overall a higher price for their coffee. So, again, really getting a closer look at how these coffees are processed was something that I took away and I'm really trying to apply in the way that I now buy coffee. Cupping with Nadine, who's the um, owner and operator of Primavera, she's a certified badass. (laughs) She just like (laughs) will cup the coffee and she's like, This is fermented. Like, she just has this ability to taste these nuances in the way that processing affects the coffee that, um, I just admire immensely. And, uh, so now that t- just gave me a new perspective in tasting coffee and being able to see, Oh, is that actually like a really delicious fruit flavor? Or is that like a funky moldy fermented flavor? Uh, <laughs> so kind of, <laughs> kind of training your palate around that.
0: There's a really interesting, um, there's a really interesting skill to tasting coffee. Yeah. Uh, The first time that I ever tried coffee with like an intention to taste flavors, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, Chris, Chris O'Brien was, he was kind of guiding me through it and saying, well, what do you taste? And all I could say was I taste brown. It tastes brown to me. I don't (laughs) really know what you're going for. And he's like, well, do you taste any fruit flavors? And I was like, I think you're insane. I don't taste anything out of there. And he's like, He's like I'm telling you there's like a blueberry flavor that you should be pulling out of there as like the predominant taste.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and I said you're crazy. Like there's no blueberry in here. And we literally a, a woman was passing by on the sidewalk and I flagged her down and I asked her to taste the coffee and I asked her it's just a random person on the street. I said, "Well, what do you taste?" She goes, "Oh, wow, this is amazing. It tastes exactly like blueberries." And I just lost it. I was like, "No." And that was <laughs> like, kind of
1: What am I missing? <laughs>
0: That was the first moment I realized that there's such a skill to tasting coffee and appreciating it. That's different than just drinking it because you're trying to get a caffeine fix and something that really kind of forced me down this path to appreciate it a little bit more and and what it takes to do that. And I've gotten a lot better.
1: Well, something about cupping and just these like these subtle flavors that coffee has and the the skill in tasting it and something that I really appreciate about the practice of that is um, what it does is it it requires you to like recall memory. And so it's like really being like, what does a blueberry taste like? Like, how do you describe that? How do you, how do you pinpoint that to me is just like really cool. I'm, I'm sure like many other people in beverage and food industries. like, I am, I love food and I, I travel to taste different foods that I've ever tasted before and, uh, go to bars and taste drinks I've never thought I'd drink before. And, uh, being able to be curious in that way—it's just very exciting to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I definitely can agree with that, and 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 now when I'm able to taste something, I get kind of a nice uh, a joy out of it. But it also makes yeah. me a little angrier when I when it doesn't taste the way I want it. Uh, angry is not the right word, <laughs> but I'm like, oh come on, like. Yeah, uh, I know this. Yeah. I know this coffee is is good, and maybe I just brewed it wrong, or I forgot yeah. to do something. And and that's a really interesting thing too. Is is you're so dependent on your customers to some extent who are buying your beans to also be able to have the skill to brew your coffee so that it tastes 100%. the way that you want it to. And that's something that I think is really unique to coffee, where you're dependent on your audience and on educating them to some extent on, mm-hmm. on how to treat uh, your coffee. You know, maybe don't throw it in the back of the freezer for a year.
1: Yeah, I think that that's another where I feel like a part of my job as that director of coffee or whatever, as, as someone who is passionate within the industry, is to find ways to bridge that gap. And you know the reality is not everyone's there. Like not everyone's going to understand paying five dollars for a cup of coffee. You know you have that guest who's like, well, I paid ninety nine cents at Seven Eleven. But bringing that that knowledge of of why it's important for us to pay more for coffee. Again, to to touch on the trip that we just took to Guatemala. Uh, what was really cool about traveling with Primavera is so they are. Not only are they an import company, they're also an export company. So they're buying parchment from the farmers. So that's coffee still in parchment. And then they're milling the bean and then they're exporting it and importing it. So we were able to see the coffee go from the farm, get processed at the farm, go to multiple storage units on the way to being dry milled. To then being bagged for export to then being imported and just the amount of people involved in that. And the fact that, uh, the sea market right now, I believe, uh, that being the coffee market is at a dollar and ten, a dollar ten. So for one pound of coffee that takes a year to produce, the farmer's only getting a dollar and ten cents for that. Wow. Uh, and then that has to disperse to the pickers, to the agronomists, to the, drivers to all these people that are involved it just doesn't make sense really um that we pay so little for coffee um because it it doesn't make it a sustainable supply chain on the other end and so being that being that bridge in any way that is possible by being on this podcast and sharing that story that was this awesome video of these guys hauling 100 pound coffee bags on their back and throwing them into a truck and it's just like this is like a group of of people who are putting in a lot of work so that we can enjoy our mornings um, yeah. and and wake
0: up. If people could take away one thing, maybe from this podcast in general, is that the journey of their coffee doesn't start when the roaster makes their cup of coffee in the morning. You know, it starts, yeah. a, like you mentioned, a year before, and it goes through all yeah. these steps. It, it has a whole lifetime before it gets to the roaster who then roasts the beans for you. And. Yeah. And if that is worth three dollars, then great. If it's worth ten dollars, then great, or five, or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. um, but it's just it's being aware of that that there's this whole process that goes into uh, the coffee you drink, and I think in general in the United States at least, there's kind of a little bit of an awakening to the idea that our food actually comes from somewhere. It doesn't just show up at the grocery store someday. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's a that's a a lofty goal uh, of sorts to to inform people of that. Hey everyone, I'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Siri about Lofty Coffee. Just a reminder that this show has great sponsors. This episode is sponsored by the award-winning Steady State Roasting in Carlsbad. If you're craving a top-notch, handcrafted coffee drink, pre-order one on their website, SteadyStateRoasting.com, then head over to their sensory lab on State Street in Carlsbad Village to pick it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please check out RoastWestCoast.com for more coffee content, including show transcripts, recaps, promotions, and please consider subscribing to the bonus content, which directly supports the creation of this show and future shows. And now, back to my conversation with Siri. You mentioned that trip happening right before the pandemic. The coronavirus is like this wet blanket of awfulness, just kind of weighing everything down and kind of I would say preventing us from moving forward. How has it impacted you guys at Lofty? I mean, have there been unexpected uh, impacts? Has it? How have you had to adapt to this kind of new, new business life?
1: Yeah. So just to t- tie the end with the the origin, um, something that we're really thankful for is that our farmers ha- were paid for their coffees because it it happened to be at a great time where. Um, Uh, Their coffees were already sold, at least the producers that we're working with. So they were able to get money and get paid for this year's harvest. And so we'll see how that affects the following year. But for us here at the Roasting roasting Works and in our cafes, it has been a wild ride, (laughs) to say the least, Um, where it, you know, there's no there's no, what can we expect? We've never had to deal with this. You know, um, on March 16th, we shut down all five of our cafes and that meant we had to let go of a team of about a hundred people. And that was pretty devastating. And the, the the next move of like, okay, but how do we continue? You know, There were a few of us here: me, uh, Chef Miguel, who is our head baker, because we're also a a scratch bakery and uh, production facility. Uh, Eric, who is our CEO, and like the three of us, just like got together and we're like, "Okay, how do we? What we got to do something? Uh, We still had wholesale grocery store accounts, so that meant I was behind the roaster, fulfilling those accounts. We still had our online sales, uh, which was really cool to see how." How now people are buying coffee online and getting it shipped to them and you know brewing it themselves, hopefully, hopefully in a really delicious way. Hopefully they have grinders and whatnot. But uh we also, you know, just went into like survival mode. We we started doing home deliveries uh, of all of our scratch good, scratch baked goods and coffee. So for anyone local, we were delivering to their door. We did that. We thought maybe that was gonna be like a new business model, but we're seeing now people want to go out of their homes and enjoy a cup of coffee outside. (laughs) And we've really tried to adapt the way that we're working in the cafes as well. And honestly, that might be the hardest puzzle piece right now is how do we continue to give our guests really amazing service and keep our team safe and make everyone feel comfortable. And fortunately, we were already kind of a patio cafe concept. So all of our cafes have mostly outside seating, so that has helped us um, being able to still provide seating and a place for our cafe or our guests to enjoy food and drink in our cafes. But really finding a way where, because you know, you have Eric calls it the bug shield. <laughs> we have these shields, and everyone's wearing masks, and everyone, please wear your masks. But it's like so hard to give that that same service that we used to, Um, you know, something we used to really pride ourselves in was giving service in the sense that felt like, like hospitality, instead of customer service, where you're making someone feel at home, you know, their name, you know, their order before they even get to the register, uh, if they're a regular, and it's just become a lot, a lot harder to do that. Um, But with that, we're so happy to see people back in the cafes. We're happy to have team members back and just adapting again to like the to-go mentality now too is like everything is in paper cups and plastic. And it just feels a little bit like a step backwards because we, we really tried to encourage our guests to stay and have coffee and food and ceramics and to just minimize that. So I think the challenge is how to balance that out moving forward. Uh, but again, we're back up and running and we're doing our best with like trying to make things as easy for our guests and as easy for our teams so that they can still enjoy the, the luxuries of specialty coffee.
0: <laughs> sure. Any, any moment that you can take a mental break from the impacts this, you know, the virus has yeah. had on our lives is, is a nice yeah. moment. Yeah whether it's coffee or a beer or something like those are the moments that you can do that
1: yeah and I'm hoping baristas and other coffee professionals are listening to this but I think that's a really good mentality to keep while we're serving our guests where it's so easy to like you know I think a lot of like customer facing and customer service has turned into a little bit of like having to deal with a lot of human emotions <laughs> and you know not everyone's like cut out for that like you don't go to a barista job thinking you're gonna have to like deal with people who are going through a really hard time. Um, But I think it's important if you can like remember that this is that one moment, someone's coming to grab a cup of coffee and maybe this is the only good positive experience they have today. And so like, let's make that, let's make that their highlight because maybe the stresses of everything that are going on are too much to handle and they just need that like uplifting experience of the day. So I think that's one thing I try to keep in mind, even I'm not really that much customer facing anymore. But even today, just making sure, say hi, look them in the eyes, because you can't really see the rest of their face. <laughs> ask them their name, ask them how their day's going, make their coffee really good so that they, they want to come back and learn more about you and more about the coffee and
0: well, and there's also an appreciation. I mean, anytime that I leave the house, I think about it, whether it's for to pick up coffee or to go to go to the garden center at Lowe's or anything like it's a process that I think about, OK, when am I going to go? What is my you know, what's my battle plan going going out to shop? Yeah, so I can get in as safely and as risk free as possible, because a lot of times, I mean, I don't worry so much about the business. I worry more about the other people. You know, not everyone is going to feel as strongly as maybe I do about the safety or as the business does. And so when they're choosing to come out or choosing to go to lofty coffee, they're saying, this is a place that I want to spend a few minutes of my time today. And, and, you know, that they really thought about it for the most part.
1: Yeah. 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 They're choosing us instead of any other coffee shop that they could go to. And that's really, really cool. I think I'm very prideful in that, that and grateful and thankful that people like, the coffee that I roast, I think that's pretty dope.
0: Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of the coffee you roast, uh, we're entering the holiday season. the The whole December season is is here. Uh, what are you guys doing? Um, I know you guys make some special holiday plans. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, so we do a se- a yearly seasonal blend. It's called the West Coast Winter Blend, and you know the idea. Of- being here in sunny California, Southern California, where it's like 85 degrees today in the middle of October. Um, (laughs) It's supposed to be a really delicious cup of coffee that you can enjoy throughout the holiday season and through the sunny holiday season that we have here. So this year we're planning on, uh, I've sourced a Papua New Guinea, which over the last few years, I've really grown a love and appreciation for those coffees. They just have this incredible texture that paired with like the one that we have right now has this like slightly woody kind of savory quality to it but then it also has this nice floral quality that balances that out and just like this incredible texture like I almost think like marshmallowy. and we're going to be blending that with a Kenyan coffee that brings this incredible acidity to the blend so it's this nice really full-bodied heavy coffee that has this like balance of floral and savory qualities that to me, I just think like goes so well with the holiday season, like with Thanksgiving and Christmas and any other holidays that um, you may be celebrating where it just like goes really good with like a warm piece of toast or, or something like that. So um, just think like heavy bodied, And just like this, like balance of this sweet and savory and the West Coast winter blend.
0: Awesome. Anything else that or any other ways that you you would encourage uh, appreciators of your coffees to to buy or to share or or to get it is online the best coming into the store? You know, what's the best way to really make those dollars go far?
1: Yeah. So if you're local. Come check out our roasting work. It is so cool. I wish more people knew we were here. I feel like we're a little hidden. If you're familiar with Encinitas, we are where Rhino Art used to be. It's um on the 101, 97 North Coast Highway is the address. <laughs> um, we have this incredibly huge outside patio that overlooks the 101, and you got this beautiful ocean breeze. In these days of the pandemic, we started uh, a. We've always been a scratch bakery, but we just started a bread program. So we've been baking bread, uh, sourdough, multigrain and some specialty loaves. And you can get also a lot of our house made goods. We make a lot of house made nut milks, uh, coconut milk and oat milk and an almond milk. It's essentially the lofty market. And this is where the coffee is roasted. And we have just like this beautiful display that you can see the roaster, you see the coffee. We are doing two-pound and five-pound bags as well as our normal 12-ounce bags. So if you're looking for a bulk bag of coffee, you can find that here at our Roasting Works as well as on our website. So, but um, so if you're not local, checking out loftycoffee.com, you can find all 12-ounce, two pounds, and five-pound bags. We try to share as much uh, about where the coffee comes from and what the experience of the coffee that being flavor and texture is going to be and yeah so come check us out i think if you're really wanting to learn more about the coffee coming to our roasting works our baristas are super friendly here and want to tell you all about the coffee so
0: um i'm gonna kind of kind of wrap this up with a a two-part question which i do with everyone that i talk to which is if you're not at work what style or type of coffee are you drinking just for you, Mm -hmm. like either at home or if you went to somebody else's coffee shop? Yeah. And then anything else you want people to know about you or about Lofty Coffee in general?
1: Okay. So the first question, if I'm going to a cafe, espresso, always. I love, love espresso. Um, I think it's a great way to see how the barista is skilled and trained. Um, It's also just like this quick shot of, deliciousness that I just love um maybe I'll get another thing but go to espresso um at home you know I have my a, ver- a variety of things if I'm making breakfast with a friend maybe I'll do a french press um if I'm making coffee for myself maybe I'll do an AeroPress press or a v60 uh typically filter though at home and then the part two second question um something about myself I hate to like be like coffee is my identity because I'm so much more complex than that. But what I really, really love is this human connection. And if you ever have questions about coffee or want to nerd out or have, have like challenging theories that are just silly, please like reach out to me. My name is Siri Simran. Um, You can, I don't know where you can find me, but uh, yeah. I just, I just want to know more people, whether it's in the coffee industry or out in the world. I love it all. But uh, about Lofty Coffee, you know, I think what makes us unique and different is is the intention that we put into every product that we serve. There is a story behind literally everything on our menu. I think one of the challenges is being able to convey that, but if you ask we're happy to tell you all about where all of our products come from. And with that, I thank you so much for having me. This is fun.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I, it was great uh, having you here. And um, I would say cheers to you and uh, and thanks for being on the show. A huge thank you to Siri, Simmer, and Khalsa for joining me today on the show, for putting up with all those tech glitches and just for having a nice conversation with me. Lofty Coffee's seasonal West Coast winter blend is only around for a limited time, and it just came out last weekend. It's available for pickup at one of their cafes or order for delivery on their website, loftycoffee.com. The beans for this coffee were sourced from Kenya and Papua New Guinea, and the tasting notes include sugar plum, cranberry, fudge brownie, and pecan brittle. So, yeah. I am going to be ordering it as soon as the show is over. More details on LoftyCoffee.com or follow their Instagram at LoftyCoffeeCo. You can always find links in this show's notes or on RoastWestCoast.com. If you haven't already heard them, be sure to go back and check out previous Roast West Coast interviews. Last week, I talked to Matt Della Rosa of Ironsmith Coffee, and we have our ongoing Coffee Smarter Sessions with Chris O'Brien, founder of Coffee Cycle in Pacific Beach. He'll be back this Friday and every Friday during Season 1. This upcoming week, he's going to teach us all about the traditional coffee tasting method employed by coffee roasters and shop owners, known as cupping. Whatever podcast platform you are listening on, please follow this show, and consider writing a review. I'd really appreciate it, and it really helps other coffee lovers find this podcast. If you subscribe to the newsletter on roastwestcoast.com, you'll get weekly updates and links to all of the shows, insider discounts on coffee, and even a giveaway or two. Some awesome Skywalker art wooden sticker packs are going to be sent out to a few lucky subscribers soon. I want to thank the Coast News Group for collaborating with me on this project. Check out the coastnews.com's podcast directory. You're going to find this show there, you're going to find my other show, Cheers North County, and plenty of other great content, including the North County Beat podcast, hosted by my friend and colleague, Kelly Kyle. One last reminder, this episode of the Roast West Coast podcast was sponsored by Steady State Coffee Roasting. They are a small batch roastery dedicated to the craft and care of providing specialty responsibly sourced coffee from around the world. Learn more about their process on SteadyStateRoasting.com, where you can order coffee beans to be delivered right to your door. Don't forget to use Roast West Coast's listener promo code OWL10 on SteadyStateRoasting.com. This episode of the Roast West Coast podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Thank you for listening. Be swell out there, try to stay sane, and as always, drink good coffee.